Hi, friends. Welcome to Race to Rise podcast, a place where we discuss bite-sized wisdom nuggets with easy-to-follow practices to live a better life. I am your host, Mithal Patel, a parenting junkie, Ayurveda enthusiast, and an advocate of conscious living. This is season to be jolly, la 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 la. I hope everyone is doing wonderful, and I hope that you all are ready to just, you know, dive into this special time of the year, wishing you all a very happy holidays. For those of you who are celebrating extra, extra, extra joy and hugs your way, and for those of you who are not celebrating but still enjoying this, the season of that, you know, the time of the year, I am sending you lots of joy. So everyone, Today is our second last Friday of the year, and yes, it's not a holiday special episode, but I wanted to bring something where we can, you know, shed lights on the darkness of our life and go towards the better one, because when we know better, we do better. And so I'm bringing a candid conversation with a fellow parent who is super passionate about the work that she brings in and the impacts that she she brings on the world. I am so excited to bring you Terry Huggins Hart. She is an award-winning journalist who lives in the constant state of an identity crisis. She's always deciding if she aligns more with her maiden name, which is Huggins, and her married name, which is Huggins Hart at any given moment. Yes, she is so hilarious and at the same time, very wise person. Wait till you hear. I'm excited to share our conversation with you. She's actually excelled in following her calling of telling the stories that need to be told and evoking emotions that align with clear takeaways through, you know, through her stories. And she is a beautiful mom and a beautiful writer. I love her writing if we are going to share all the details, but make sure you subscribe mainly. Make sure you subscribe to her monthly newsletter because that's where she shares her, you know, hack of living life with no regrets. And she has a big mantra of do what you love, give love and lead with love and hopes. And so you learn to do the same by following her and subscribing her monthly newsletter. So without taking a further ado, let's welcome Terry Haggins Hart, let's just call it by her married name, and enjoy our conversation. Awesome. So first of all, I have to say like thank you for you know saying yes to me and like you know I I didn't know that there are parents out there you know who be like okay yeah you know I'm ready to talk about this the good bad and ugly of the parenthood. Yeah, and you know I think we don't talk about it enough to be honest. And there's a lot of good and there's a lot, there's a whole lot of ugly. Oh, for sure. For sure. One thing I'm trying to be more conscious about lately, though, is telling people the ugly, but also following up that I do enjoy parenting. I, I, I love that. I, I do love being a parent. You know, it's just, it's the lack of support that parents get that I, that I don't enjoy. Exactly. It's just. Parenthood, yes, it's a very difficult, you know, it is a difficult phase, but it also has its perks, you know, and you get to 
you actually like relearn a lot of things that you kind of forgotten in the whole adulting and, you know, in getting the degrees or, you know, finding the job or in the career, you know, or just just in terms of like adulting, we forget a lot of things that we knew as a child. And then when we have little kids around us, it's like, yeah, I remember how to play. You know, oh, I can do this. Right before 2020, I was studying for, right, actually during 2020, I was studying for coaching and um, to be a coach. And, you know, there was a couple of uh, like reflections and it was all about childhood and stuff. And I said, man, I don't remember how to have fun. You know, I just, I don't think I know how to have fun and I just don't know how to play. It's just so hard. Like, yeah, it's a one thing that, you know, I used to play with kids and that's a different story. But just me having fun, like we forget so much in this whole journey of adulting. And then, you know, with kids, it's like there was a point where, you know, before 2020, I used to play because I thought it is my, you know, also like a responsibility kind of a thing because I was working on my healing and you know, dealing with my triggers and my traumas. And we were working through the, you know, we were working through a stressful marriage and whatnot we had, we were going through. And so finally, when we caught a breath and I was like, wow, you know, this is such a, such a unique life. And we get to relearn things that we forgot about it. And so I have to say, like, I enjoy the parenthood and I enjoy, you know, having fun with the kids. We have to say, like, you know, moms like you who are sharing those words. And I loved your article, by the way. You are sharing the good and the ugly part of the parenthood in there. And that was amazing. Yes. And, you know, you talk about having fun. And I think because we got so caught up in everything, having to like have a goal or a purpose. Mm -hmm. Like you could do something just because it brings you joy. It doesn't have to be about, oh, making more money or getting further in your career or losing weight. Like you could read this book just because you like the book oh, and color just because you want to color. Like sometimes it doesn't need to have a purpose other than just pure enjoyment, something you really learn from having kids. That is so true. I, you know, I have to say that just because we're in such an information era, Things have become so much about purpose, so much about yeah. goals, so much about chasing, so much about, you know, just going after what's next. In fact, this morning, I actually, you know, I was just sitting peacefully enjoying like I was eating my soaked almonds. And this is like true story. I'm eating my almonds and I'm like, for a second, the first thing that came in my head, because my kids were still getting ready and I was just sitting. So I was like, what's next? And I said, excuse me no I'm gonna just sit here and enjoy my almonds and maybe you know I'll plan out what's for today like how how can I surprise kids today you know what's the new affirmation that I can practice with them and then how can I you know maybe my next date that's gonna be on Friday with my husband like just because I want to do it I like how you put it like it doesn't need a purpose it's just because it brings me joy and I just want to do it you know I love affirming I love spending quality time with my husband and I love surprising my kids. I just love their expressions. Yeah, it's so important. And one thing I know that helps me do it or may help other people, because we know that we are deserving of fun. We oh, are for sure. deserving of letting loose. But still, because of the guilt that surrounds the motherhood, 
it's sometimes hard to do that. So what I ended up doing for myself and sometimes for others is like, think about it as a lesson for your children. Because if you, if your kids see you having fun, that means when they grow up, they can have fun. Because let's be honest, our kids learn from what they see us doing, not from what we tell them. And a lot of the things that we struggle with now isn't because our parents didn't teach us. It's because our parents never showed us. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes you reframe it like that. I'm like, you know what? I want my kids to know that it is okay to continue having fun once they are done with school and in their life. So I'm going to make sure that I not only enjoy myself in front of them, but I laugh and, I, and I'm happy in front of them. Mm. So they see that it's possible. I wish we didn't have to do that. But if you reframe it as, what are my kids learning from this? Mm-hmm. Sometimes that helps you do what you need to for yourself mm-hmm. without guilt and without shame. I love that you're bringing the element of guilt and shame because majority of the time, just because I'm a mom or just because I'm a dad now, you know, there are so many things that I just, I can't because I'm a, I'm a mom. You know, I have to prioritize X, Y, and Z because I'm a mom. And it's just like we forget ourselves and we think that we have to lose ourselves just because we had children. And so when, you know, I, I love that you're bringing the point about, you know, and I know that this is your favorite term, advocating for, for our kids, like, you know, do it for our kids. And so we won't feel the guilt about it. Like at the end of the day, we humans learn by living, not by listening, not by hearing the words, not, you know, it's about, that's how we learn. We, if we live it, you know, if we see it, it and they are living with us. So they see us doing it. So it's like modeling. And I oftentimes, I actually, I say it that, you know, it is a one thing to plant seeds and it is another thing to nurture and to water. And so I feel introducing gratitude or introducing certain rituals and the practices, you know, taking care of ourselves is like planting a seed, but then we got to water it by modeling it, by doing it ourselves. So I take it as like a modeling behavior that I want my kids to, you know, learn from me as watering the seeds because our job doesn't just end as like, yeah, let me just plant the seeds and I'll wait when it sprouts. It doesn't work like that. We have to nurture the the seeds that we planted. We have to, we have to water on a daily basis. So why not take that analogy and like, you know, change it towards our like, okay, when I model I am actually watering the seeds that I'm, you know, planting in them right now. And eventually when it's time for them, it will grow without expectations. Just let's just do our, you know, do our thing and also live our life. So they know that it is so okay to live our life. We don't have to lose ourselves for grades. We don't have to lose ourselves to participate in clubs. We don't have to, you know, just just because somebody else is doing extra curriculum activities, we got to do it. They don't have to do that. And like you mentioned, like, you know, it's okay to have fun after school. Yes. What do you say? Like, what is, what are your three top favorite thing that you are actually modeling for your kids? I'm curious. I like this. That's a really good question. Um, Taking breaks. Ooh. Speaking kindly to myself. And we'll say respecting privacy. Really, really love that. 
and they all are important in their own way. Taking breaks, I feel like, and you may relate to this as well, but you know, I feel like our parents worked so much, but yet they'd always tell us to take a break. But mm-hmm. it's going to be hard for me as an adult to do that if I never saw my own mother do that mm-hmm. or my own, you know, my own father do it. So I'm really intentional about taking a break and not just taking a break, but, you know, I have two young boys and when I take a break, I also want my kids to see my husband doing things too. Because mm-hmm. we have a habit of doing a lot of like the labor when the kids go to sleep. I'm like, the kids need to know that this is how this household runs. We can't always, you know, clean the kitchen when they go to sleep. The kids have to see this is what happens. And watch your dad does it too. So when you grow up to become men, you're going to know that it's the norm for men to clean the kitchen. It's, it's things like that. And then speaking kindly to myself, this is one thing that my mother did instill in me. So I'm very fortunate. You know, back before it was a popular thing, my mom always told me that your mindset is what shapes your future. And that was like before even people talked about, you know, reframing and mindset, like my mom was on it. So now it's like the trendy thing. And I'm like, y'all late. I've been there. <laughs> but I speak kindly to myself. And I'll be honest, there are times that I slip up because look, we're human. But it's important to teach your kids that you can speak kindly to yourself while also honoring your feelings. Because everything is not always, oh, you're going to get through it. You know, you could say, you know what, today sucked, but I have the tools to make it better. You could recognize those feelings and still be hopeful and have that positivity. And, you know, finally, when it comes to the privacy, I think my children seeing me respect their privacy just as much as I respect my privacy and not sharing everything is equally important. And we talk so much about building trust, but we don't really think about how that affects our children. Are you building your child's trust when your child tells you something? Are you going to tell all your your siblings and, you, and their mother? Your children need to see that you are respecting their privacy this so they can continue to come to you. And they also have to see that you respect your own privacy. It is okay to not put everything on social media. <laughs> that, that is fine. Uh, so those are the things that I want to teach my children. I model for them. And, you know, I am a first-generation American. My family is from Trinidad, um, and I was born here in New Jersey. While I absolutely love, you know, what my parents did, and I have a good relationship with them, there are things that are culturally different. Um, there are things that I had to, I struggled with in a sense. You know, privacy isn't necessarily a thing, at least in, in my culture. And that's not to say that my parents did anything wrong. Some of it is cultural. Some of it is just, you know, it was a different time, you know, but it's just something that I'm very conscious of and aware of now as I raise my own children. I love the point that you're bringing about, you know, what you like comparing what you've seen with your parents and what you have not seen with your parents and how culturally it's making an effect. In fact, yesterday I met a couple of my friends and we were just talking about it and it was all about 
she was saying back in the days, you know, people used to take their kids for baptism and, you know, they had like a lot of rituals that, you know, we would meet up at the church and those things, we don't do that anymore. It's okay not to follow the rituals, but it's just, there's no beauty of it and there is no connection anymore. And so I had a perspective and I was like, that's so true. And I think it's because the meaning got lost from transferring from one generation to another generation. Say when you are passing on to message, like I'm telling you something like, hey, can you tell this person and you tell them the person. So you're telling the other person from what you understood, from your perception, from your perspective, you probably had a different glasses worn, you know, at that time. So you're transferring what you know. So I think even our parents and everything, like, you know how on the social media, like there's so much shaming our parents and you know they did it what they knew better and we also got to understand that our parents are coming from a survival culture we are in a thriving culture two different things so back then their priority was to survive to meet the basic needs of getting the food at least that's what i have seen in my household that was our thing, like, you know, providing the basic necessity, providing the food for the day. You know, my right. dad always works. So I've seen that hustle culture with my dad always working. And I've seen also the mindset where my mom was a housewife. So I am coming from a background where they see women as one who just raises the kids and who stays home and men work outside so they don't do anything at home like you know they don't do the house chores my dad always did which is a different thing but it's just that's the culture I came from and so I like what you're modeling and in our our house we also have two boys like you know and so in our house we prioritize on you know if my husband doesn't feel good you know if he wants to cry he can cry he cries you know, he'll say, you know, that's it. I'm annoyed. Or, you know, I just had a very rough day. I'm trying to figure this out, but it is so hard. It is okay for men to say that too. So that is what our modeling happens in the house that, you know, we focus more on my husband to showcase his emotions with our kids so that they know that, you know, as boy, it is completely okay. When my, when my older one cries and if somebody says, you know, it's okay, what are you crying about? cry about it you want to cry about it you go ahead and cry about it you know I just I just mm -hmm. hate when someone tells them that oh it's okay you don't need to cry about it it's just, it's just not no mm -hmm. that that's not so and that's a one thing now you know that we model in our household like like how you said you know honor our feelings yes. that's the you know and and then of course be kind to you know to yourself to you know to to the people around you and the second thing is we don't judge others for their choices. We're vegetarians for a long time and now we're practicing, you know, being vegan and, you know, we follow that. Great. But then when somebody else eats on the table, we're totally okay because that's the choice that that other human being has made. So no judgment, no shaming other people. So I think we need to like really, that's one of the things that I am modeling for my kids that it is okay to make different choices. Everybody makes the choices according to their experiences, what yeah. they know. You know, when we know better, we do better. So 
our parents didn't have that that support, you know, their resources and the that kind of a culture. Now we have it. So we can obviously do better for our kids. You know, we can You know what? I mean, and I I totally agree with that. I do. I think right now what our culture is doing, they're just operating from pain and they don't feel heard. As we talk about honoring their feelings, you know, I actually just said this to somebody else. Parents of adult children do not need to say anymore that they did the best with what they had because we wouldn't know that. What we need to hear at this point is, I'm sorry for any unintentional pain that I have caused you. That's what it is. Not necessarily about shaming our parents. We're hurt and we're still dealing with that. And that's not to say that our parents were bad parents. That's not to say that they didn't do a good job. That's not to say that they dropped the ball. It's just that, look, these are the things that were misunderstood in my life. These are the things that did not work. And this is what I need you to hear now. Mom and dad, I love you, but X, Y, and Z hurt my feelings. Don't tell me I did the best or you did the best that you could. Say, I'm sorry I hurt you. How can I help you now? And that's it. And that is where I think a lot of this whole seemingly bashing our parents thing came from on social media. It's not like bash. we're hurt and we're not feeling heard. Part of that problem is to your point, our parents came from a generation in which sorry was not said. Unfortunately, our generation, I wish we didn't have to, may need to accept that we may not get that apology and learn what the apology that we that we never got. Ah, but you know, I was actually gonna just just gonna say when you said you know, then maybe they just need to say sorry. But then, yeah, because they never learned, so it might not even come for our generation. All you know, we can do is. Just, you know, make the peace with our past and just move on. Like, you know, cut the cords with the hurt, with the pain. Like, yeah, of course, we don't have to cut the cord with our parents. But, you know, we can have a voice and we can talk to them with respect. I mean, I have done it. Um, we, you know, we still have ongoing thing. You know, my mother-in-law lives, you know, we all live together. And sometimes my parents come stay with us as well. And so when they're doing something, and if I don't think that that aligns with the way I want to parent my kids, I just say it like respectfully that I totally understand your intention is to, you know, um, get them gifts, but we're just not going to do that, you know, or let's just not buy them things. You know, it's not about buying things. You want to, you want to do something for them. You save the funds for their college, you know, you give it to them when they're ready. Yeah. Just make the peace and then just mention it when we have to. And that's about it. Like, you know, just move on, I guess. That's that's the best thing that we can do. Um, that way we can focus on the current and, you know, our healing and our journey. And we can model for our kids and we can show them, hey, you know, when you feel it, this is what we do. And so, exactly. I, yeah, I really love, and I also love that, you know, um, what you said about being kind to ourselves. And I can tell you that it was the hardest thing for me. And like how you just said that we're hurt. The life is like, you know, things are painful, but sometimes we don't even acknowledge our pain. In fact, yesterday I have a group coaching. And so I was um, talking with my, you know, with the, the whole group when I was coaching and I was, I was um, sharing some concept. And then in there, somebody asked a question and I was like, you know, for the longest period of my time, my life, I thought, 
I did not have pain. And when I tell someone, you know, when someone asks, like, what's your story? When I say it, they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was like, sorry for what? I thought this is part of my life. You know, I never took it as that. Oh, my gosh, that was a painful journey. It's so hard or at least it was so hard for me to accept that my life was also painful at one point. It's just, you know, we got so used to of the pain as well. And so being kind to myself was just so hard to me. So I like when, you know, moms bring that up, like, okay, be kind to yourself. <laughs> it also serves as a reminder for me, like, okay, I got to be kind to myself. Yeah, it's it's hard. And you could even go back to, would you want your kids to do that? Like, right? You know, it was another way to reframe it and bring it about you. Because I know as a mom, sometimes it really is hard to put it, you know, for you to take your own advice. So you're like, okay. I tell my kids, people like to say, well, pretend you're your own best friend. And that doesn't even always hit the mark. What would you tell your child? Like, I love that reframe. I honestly love it because yesterday, actually, just when I was at, when we were having conversation with my friend and one of the, one of the friends said that, you know, I don't know what to say. And then the other one's like, so what would you say to your best friend? And, you know, you would tell them to rest and this. But I, I like what you're saying. Like, what would you tell to your kids? That Because that hit differently. It just it's, hits you differently. And realistically, unfortunately, we've, we've learned that a lot of adults just don't have friends <laughs> anymore. And I, I hate to say it. So it's like, when we say the best friend thing, a lot of people can't even relate to that anymore. So that is so true. I, okay, I think you just hit the nail on my head. <laughs> For longest period of my time, I didn't have friends. Mm -hmm. uh, when I came to States, you know, I thought, okay, this is my friend. And then I, when I got married, I moved on. It's just like, okay, now I don't have friends. And I was so isolated, just, you know, college, home, husband, college, husband, college. And once in a while, we would go out. And then it took me so many years. And then finally, I found my inner circle of friends in 2018. And I just love them now. They're all overseas, but yes, so I can totally relate to that. I've been there, you know, when somebody would say like, I don't know where my friends are. You know, part of my friends are back in India because that's where I went to school. And then the friends who I went to college with a couple of years, they're all, you know, in their own world. They are going back to India and whatnot. And then when I got married and I was, go I was still in college, I just never made friends. Because it was just so hard because everybody would wanted to go, you know, out in, in clubs and, you know, go parties. And I was not one of those. I wasn't drinking. So it was just so hard to make friends. Right? So if you told me this, you know, back then, I would have like, what the heck? Like, mm -hmm. I can't relate this. So I, I agree. A lot of people have that. And it's so unfortunate. And I guess it's just, you know. The way the world has become, I think we need more friends, <laughs> more networking, more connection. We're like striving for connection at the moment. We really are. Really are. And, you know, I think it's from a lot of different reasons. One, you have to ask yourself, did your parents ever model friendship in front of you? Have you ever seen your parents with friends? So that's part of it as we talk about modeling. There's facts that everything is automated, which has its pros and cons. Because... Everything automated makes life easier in some ways. But at the same time, you don't have a need to ask your neighbor to borrow a cup of sugar because you could just Instacart it. 
it's a lot. And all of that affects how you treat yourself, how you relate to your family, what your kids are seeing. It's all part of one bigger problem. I am just so loving our conversation. Like I legit got my feet up and I'm like super comfortable and like, okay, you know, talk to me. Like when you just said, like, you know, have I seen, have you seen your parents? Like, dude, that is so true. I've never seen my mom. My mom only had one friend and she was also like out of state and they would only see each other like every six months, maybe that too. And I've never seen her going out with her friends. Never seen my dad hanging out like that. It's, that's, that's so true. Exactly. It's just like, so that all lends to why our generation also has difficulty with friends. We weren't taught how to be a friend. It was never demonstrated by our family, by our parents. And not to mention, we came from a generation in which they still act like the relationship that you cultivate is that between yourself and a spouse. Nobody talked about how it's important to have your own circle, how it's okay to have an identity outside of your spouse, outside of your family, especially, you know, depending on your culture. It's all intertwined. You're just telling the truth. <laughs> you know, and it's so important to hear these things. That's that's just so true. Like, you know, because our parents were just so caught up. They didn't they didn't have the platform. They didn't have the support, like how you mentioned in the beginning. Like, you know, I think it's just because they lack the support and parenting gets even hard and gets ugly because first, yeah, lack the support. But the second is we don't ask for help. Exactly. You know, it's because we also never saw our parents asking for help. Exactly. And so it makes, it's just so, like you said, it's so, everything's so intertwined because we never saw them demonstrating. We never saw them modeling for us. We live by experiencing things, right? So if we've never experienced what it's like, it's hard for us to initiate. It's hard for us to even, you know, get into that. Like, okay, is this for me? So I guess lesson number one, if, if you know, listening, any one of you out there, parents, if you're listening to us, is the first thing is just ask for help, you know, get that support and enjoy the parenthood because with this, without support, that's just not possible. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to add to that because not just ask for help, but know how to accept help. Oh, also. yes. Let's do that. There are a lot of people that offer help. And then let's say you may need the help, but because you can't pay them back or you can't do this, you decline it, even if you need the help. That's funny that you just brought this point because I was talking to someone again um, about recently. And I think the, our problem is that we are so fixated with our assumptions. We assume that we're bothering them or we assume that, oh, I don't want to be burdened, you know, or we assume that it's possible that, you know, they probably want to have back something from me because we're so stuck in our assumptions that we forget what the fact is. The fact is I'm not even accepting the help, first of all. If I accept it, then we can move on to the next step. Okay, what, you know, what can I do for you in return? Or, you know, whatever that looks like. So ask for help, accept when you get the help, and then forget about the assumptions. Don't assume things and don't make up things in our head. And look at the fact. The fact is that person wants to help you. 
the person, you know, they want to support you. Why don't we just accept it? If we're taking anything out of this, you know, that's probably like the first step, you know, ask for help, get the, you know, accept the support. And once you do that, you know, you will not going to say that this is a, you know, overnight happy moments and you're going to learn to be kind to yourself and you will have some grace on yourself. It's definitely hard, but, you know, the practice, the more we practice, the better we get at it, you know, we improve our relationship with ourselves. And that that actually reminds me, like, you know, I also wanted to ask because, you know, you are so much about rewiring and advocating than always giving ourselves a perspective that, okay, what would I say to my child or, you know, so in terms of, you know, self-care, and I would love to hear your rewired perspective because I know that for me, self-love, self-care, self-acceptance, everything was so hard back then. And because I formed a belief about myself that I'm not lovable and I'm ugly because of my dark skin, whatever. I was bullied as a kid. So I had all that stuck in my, uh, in my head. So it took me, took me a long time to love myself. And, you know, so... I want to I want to ask for other parents who are having a hard time accepting themselves and loving them, themselves and you know prioritizing caring for themselves what would you say to them You know I tell people this a lot and I just always like to remind them that the person that you were before you had a child matters too And once you recognize that it becomes easier for you to do things. I'm like, you had needs before you had children. You will continue to have needs after you have children. And if that's hard to recognize now, you got to start small. So maybe you need a spa day and that's too hard for you right now. How about you just honor the fact that you need to eat French fries on your own without sharing it with your children? Like sometimes you just got to start small, honor those small needs. And hopefully in time, it'll, You'll be able to honor those bigger ones too, like a night out if you can, or, you know, a bath with the kids, not having to put the kids to sleep, you know, the little things. And I think honoring those small needs is doable for a lot of people because I think a lot of times when we talk about self-care, we don't recognize the privilege that comes with it. I mean, recognizing self-care is going to look different for somebody who was married, for somebody who was a single mother, for somebody who has a disabled child. For somebody who's unemployed, self-care is going to look different for all of those people. So wherever it is that you are, start small. Maybe small for you is lunch, you know, going out to your favorite restaurant for lunch. Or maybe small for you is just sleeping in an extra five minutes. Or it is, start there. Honor that that is your need. And you are deserving of that need now, just like you were deserving of honoring that need before you became a parent. Yes, yes, I love that. I'm so glad that, you know, that you're you're mentioning about the need before parent and after parent. It's just like like we said earlier, you know, we think just because I'm a parent, I have to lose myself, you know, and we forget who we were before and we forget what were my needs, what brought me joy back then, you know, what made me fulfilled back then. We totally forget we're just so focused on the the being who chose us but we also forget that if i don't do it how is the child gonna see and how's the child gonna learn right and so 
it all ties again. Everything is so tied together that it's not possible, you know, without one or the other. There is no this or that when it comes to parent, you know, parenting. It's always, you know, it's maybe it's this, maybe it's this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this. You know, it's just like there's so much that we can do and there's so much that we can be, right? We don't have to just be a mom or I don't have to just be a dad, but I am myself, you know, I am my identity. So whether that's honoring my needs or maybe accepting my dream or maybe, you know, just, just, Maybe I just want to colors today or, you know, or it could be like setting up your starting your own business. And so from there, I actually want to ask you, because like I said before recording that I love the way you choose your words. And I want to ask this question again, because we didn't record before. So I asked Harry that she used to write poems before she used to write poetry. And I asked, why did you, what made you stop writing poetry, Terry? So tell us to our audience, like, you know, what made you stop? You know, and like I said before, I really wish I could tell you. I mean, I don't even remember why I stopped. I think I just got a new interest and I followed it. However, I wouldn't mind revisiting and seeing if I still care to write poetry. If I do, then I'll continue with it. And if not, I'm like, all right, well, I tried. Now, I just want to connect the dot to the previous thing that we were talking about. Was writing poetry before being a parent or after being oh, a parent? Oh, that was like, before. That was, I started writing poetry before. Like, and did you stop before, before as well? Yeah, I stopped before I was married. Okay. Too. So that was, that was unrelated. I think I really just. Okay. That's a good one, though. That's a good question. <laughs> no, they were unrelated. Um. I, uh, yeah, I stopped before I even got married. So I think I just, my interest just took a different path, but. All right, we'll let you go on that, Terry. Okay, fine, fine. (laughs) I wanted to, I just wanted to bring that up and I wanted to see like, you know, the coach in me was just like, okay, Terry, when did you stop and why did you stop? Was this before parenting or, you know, being a mom or was it after being a mom? It was definitely before marriage and parenthood. Yeah, yeah. So tell, tell us. You know, tell us about your writing interests, you know, as a mom, how is that going? Like, you know, you are doing what you love. And so what are your views as a mom doing a business or, you know, following your dreams? So what are views about it? Like, I would love to hear. I want to share my perspective, but I want to hear your perspective. I think it's amazing. I, you know, here, my thing, I have always been a career oriented person and I absolutely love that. The fact that I am doing what I dreamt of my entire life is amazing. That being said, every mom doesn't dream about that. There is absolutely nothing wrong if a mother grows up and and dreams of being a stay-at-home mom. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's also nothing wrong with a mom who also dreamt about having a career and then her dream changed and she decided to be a stay-at-home mom. And then her dream changed again and she decided she wants to be an entrepreneur. You know, what is that quote? I think it's like sometimes on the way to a dream, you get lost and find a better one. I think that applies in so many aspects of our life, um, especially in, in parenthood. Even like when you have a kid, you sit there and you hope that, oh, I just hope my baby is healthy. I just hope I have a healthy baby. And then that changes. Oh, I just hope my child passes this grade or I just hope my child has a friend. Even that is an example of how those dreams change, like what you want for your child. Um, But at the same time, we have to remember that 
we are not an extension of our children and our children are not an extension of us. We are our own separate people. And we are allowed to honor those things in whatever way feels right for us, our children, your family, et cetera. So for me, I honor it by growing my writing practice, you know, as a journalist, as a, um, a story strategist. I also am a fitness instructor. And I, it brings me so much joy to recognize that I don't have to choose just one thing. I love that. I actually, um, I want to take you back where when you said that, you know, it's okay. You know, maybe I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom first, and then I decided to do go back to, you know, start a career. And then, okay, career's not my thing. Let me go back to stay-at-home mom. You know, we can choose again. This is our season of life. The way the season changes, you know, the fall comes, and then the winter comes, and the spring comes, and the same thing. We all have seasons of life, and we do not have to stick with one thing. We're not trees. We're not trees that are so rooted in one spot that we can't move. We can choose again. We have, you know, the new moment. Every single moment we have a new choice to make. We can make, you know, work. And I think one of the things is like, you know, the most important thing as humans we have is to make a new choice again. We get that. We get to make a new choice again. And it is like, you know, it is our choice to do whatever. And so I love that you're following, you know, your dreams. And I wanted to say the same thing, you know, I am. And that's why I felt like so connected with you right away. By the way, for all our listeners, this is our first time we're having conversations. Me and Harry, we've never met before. We never exchanged anything. We don't know anything about each other. We never did no social media, nothing. We This, this was like, we just wanted to have a conversation. And we decided we're going to record. And this is just like the beautiful, candid conversation I've ever had with another mother. I feel like, you know, every time it's just like, I feel so connected with you. I think another reason I also feel connected because I always been a career oriented as well. And so as a, you know, as a young girl, I wanted to do, I wanted to be a like a president of India, prime minister of India. And I wanted to do stage shows. I wanted like, you know, and like I wanted to speak on stages and I wanted to do good for the world. And then my dreams changed. Like I wanted to be a teacher. And then it's just like, okay, now I'm going in science. So I started teaching in the science and whatnot. And then once I finished studying, I graduated with the whole bachelor's double major, biochemistry, molecular or whatnot. And then I decided to stay home. I stayed home. My son wasn't talking. He was, you know, he was already, it was already like three and a half and he was still not talking. He was delayed. I was like, okay, that's it. The jobs that I was getting, they were far. And I said, no, for me, my child matters most. So my values were different at that point and, you know, different things. I was in a different season of life. I decided to stay home with him. You know, we had a business. So I was just helping out with my mother-in-law and my husband and taking care of my son. And then once he started kindergarten, I said, all right, I'm going to go, I'm going to start a new career. That's when I started my, you know, career as a chemist. I got into, you know, scientist, up-leveled, a manager. And then I'm a manager, and, you know, I'm serving as a manager in 2020. I was like, I'm going to do, you know, I want to do coaching. All right, I got my part, you know, I got my passion. Fine, you know, I knew I want, I love talking. So I started podcasting. And then I was like, oh, the coaching path seems to be my path. 
then I became, you know, then I studied and got training in coaching and now I serve as coaches. But I'm also working as a, you know, as a um, quality assurance manager. So it's like, I also have two jobs, you know, I don't have to choose one or the other. I love what I do over there. And I love what I do from my little office right here. I get to make a difference in another parent's life. And I love it. I love to share the perspective. So it's just like, we're not shaming anyone. You know, you do you. Whatever works for you, you do you. The career works for you, you do that. If, you know, so whatever is your choice, it is a your choice. Make sure it is your choice though. <laughs> Don't acquire from the surrounding, from the society. Like, you know, just, we don't have to do just because somebody else is doing something. Do it because you want to and you deserve what you want to, you know. You're worthy of whatever you, the dreams that you have or desires or the needs that you're, you're worthy of your dreams, you know. You're worthy of taking time for yourself and you're worthy of going on vacations or, you know, the dreams that you have to achieve. That's why I felt connected. For me, it is also that I'm very transparent with my kids about my dreams and, you know, my desires and, you know, what I want to do as coach and things like that. And so it's like I'm also modeling for them, like, you know, it's okay. You know, it's okay to go after your dreams. You don't have to choose a route of, you know, going to school and then going to college and then get a degree and then, you know, going to corporate. You don't have to do that. You do whatever works for you. You can change the careers too. Up to you. Do whatever works for you. Right. And so uh, I am also into modeling that like it is possible to work on your dreams. And, you know, and so that hence, you know, I started doing the coaching and, you know, working with parents because I love to work with parents. <laughs> I love to share the joy with them and I love to share the perspective. And, you know, it just, it just brings me immense fulfillment. And so thank you for sharing, Terry. I really appreciate. Before I let you go, though, I would love to ask you if there are any current projects that you're working on and where can the audience go and find you? Sure. So one thing I am working on now, so I, I'll preface by saying I am a journalist. I write for various publications like Good Housekeeping, Parents Magazine, New York Times, Washington Post, and I absolutely love it. The project that I'm working working on is an extension of that. I'm actually now launching VIP days in which I help thought leaders, business owners, any experts learn how to craft a media pitch that can hopefully get them press at some point. That's what I'm now, you know, working on. And I'm using my knowledge, uh, my inside knowledge as a journalist to do it. Because a lot of people are just demystified by the, well, how do I get more media mentions? It is definitely um, one thing that I'm working on now and I'm really excited about it. I'm on social media. My website is terrificwords.com and my uh, Instagram is terrificwords. I'm on Twitter as terrificwords and on LinkedIn, I'm on there as Terry Huggins Hart. And so we're going to share all these links and details in our show notes. So don't worry about if you didn't get, if you didn't catch what, you know, what we just mentioned. You have everything in the show notes and uh, go and check out Terry. And yes, she does write terrific. I have to say that. <laughs> I read your articles and I was like, man, you know, she is 
sometimes, you know, some people's words just like, because I am one of those person who goes right after the words, like, okay, where the words are taking me. And so I love, you know, I love your writing and the way you're bringing it up and all the preaching that you're doing about advocating for, you know, just rewire it so you can start following it, you know, because it is hard when we've not seen it and not experienced it. And so just rewire as if you're, you know, you're just doing it for your kids so that they can see and they can do the same because that's what we want, right? We want our kids to be happy, healthy, peaceful, you know, you name it. That's everybody's dreams, right? We want our kids to be resilient. We want our kids to make the, you know, we want to empower our kids to make better choices. And so when we want all these for our kids, why don't we start living that ourselves so they can see it and, you know, they can follow the same as well. I just have to say thank you, like a big fat thank you, Terry, for, you know, for such an amazing candid conversation that I would have never had and I would have had missed out on this. And I loved, you know, loved having conversation with you and you're just an amazing soul. I'm glad to be connected with you. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. I love having these conversations. It's it's just like so fulfilling. Yes, definitely. <laughs> That's it for this week's episode of Race to Rise. Be sure to sign up to our email list at risewithmetal.com. And join us again next time for more wisdom about life, kids, and everything in between. I am Mithal Patel wishing you happy raising and rising. Mm-hmm.